Welcome to Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. What does it take to lead yourself and your teams to high performance with ease? Today, you'll discover simple practices that separate exceptional leaders from the rest. Now, here is your host, Nicole Bendeley. Hi there. Welcome to Leading on Purpose. I'm Nicole Bendeley. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so grateful that you take the time to take a listen, and uh, I'm really appreciative of that. And today, I'm really excited to continue a conversation that was started exactly one month ago today on a previous episode with Paul Boston. So today, we're going to continue that conversation and really dive even deeper into how to achieve optimal performance. So if you didn't listen to the episode a month ago, don't don't stop listening now. Just you can tune into it later. But really, that first episode was introducing us to you know, what optimal performance is versus high performance, right? And what are the linkages between, you know, athletic performance and performance that we can achieve at work. And we really just started to scratch the surface of all of that. And so today, Paul is back with us. I'm so excited um, to dive even deeper into it. So let me just reintroduce Paul um, to everyone. So Paul is the President, welcome, Paul. Paul is the president of Actus Performance Incorporated, which is a human performance development firm, right? It's all about helping people to tap into the best of themselves. And Paul really is brings, you know, uh, two sides of the coin. Paul brings his many years of being a peak performance athlete and competing on the national and international stage, right, Paul? Yeah. In yeah. in triathlons, for example. Um, so he brings that deep level of experience, personal experience from being a peak performance athlete and marries it to his work in helping teams and leaders build high-performing organizations. And so welcome back, Paul. I'm so excited to jump into this with you again. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. It's, uh, it's, it's great to be back and literally a month to the, uh, to the date. I know. I, I have to tell you, I don't know, you know, people might be listening to this in the future at this point when you actually tune in, but right now it's March 1st and I love waking up on March 1st because here in Canada, let me tell you, February is no fun. No, it's not a whole lot of fun, <laughs> especially when the ski hills are closed um, and everything is closed. So I am happy it is March 1st and spring is right around the corner. So, so Paul, let's, let's jump right in. Can we just start with quickly checking in um, and it might be a bit of a recap, but how you define the difference between optimal performance and maybe high performance or peak performance. Can we start there for a second? Is there a difference there? Yeah, that, that's um, that's the best place to start because in the in the Western culture for decades we we have been you know surrounded whether it's in mainstream media or even our professional lives around high performance, high performance, and you know that that's all well and, and said. But what we were seeing and what we have seen over the years, and COVID's really brought to the the, the front and center stage is it's really optimal performance that we should be striving for because high performance is is something that's unique 
um, to a certain point of time. Um, you know, if we look at the relationship between stress and performance, we can only maintain a certain amount of stimuli before performance starts to kind of slip down and, and, and fall apart. So what we've, what we're seeing and what we've learned or, you know, whether we look at mental health, wellness in the workplace is optimal performance is really where we have to focus. And again, when we look at actually some of the people in our mainstream, uh, say, business world that look, you know, we, we've labeled them as high performers, but when we start to unpack them, um, they're really optimal performance, right? They're, they're working in their, their areas of strength. Um, they always have incorporated wellness to you know, a certain extent. I always think of the story um, that Richard Branson shared, uh, you know, probably 10 years ago, I heard it, that he spends probably 15 minutes a day just closing his door in the middle of the day when he's crazy, go, 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 busy, busy, and he meditates, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not a big meditator, but I appreciate that somebody has, you know, taken that time and, and you know, put that aside to allow him to operate at his optimal performance level. And optimal performance is something that's more sustainable and, and more realistic when we start to see, again, the challenges that have been in the workplace, but now have really come to the surface over the past, wow, almost, almost a year now we've been in lockdown quarantine here in Toronto. So. Absolutely. So we're going to take a look at, you know, throughout this episode, how to achieve optimal performance, as you just described it at different levels, right? At the individual level, at the team level, and at the organization level. And, and so before we jump into starting at the individual level, what's coming up for me is just tapping into a little bit of, you know, the link between athletic, optimum of athletic performance and optimum performance at work. Are there a couple of practices that we should be keeping in mind that draw from your experience as an athlete that you carry through to your work performance that we'll see sort of some themes coming through as we explore individual and team and organizational level? Yeah, I, I see um, there's there's obviously several things, right, that, that I, I bring from that world of athletic performance and, again, peak performance um, that bring into the workplace. And one thing that I learned as an athlete is, you know, there's different phases to our training and then our competition. So, you know, there's an off season, there's a base building, Mm -hmm. and there is a time where you do start to build up skills, resources, maybe uh, for maybe a certain event or or a certain window of time. But after that, that uh, time period is over, then you go back into your off season. So in the athletic world, we call it prioritization training, like time of the year, where do you have to be at your optimal best? Where should you be now? Um, So I've always kept that framework in in my mind. You know, it, it could be, you know, you're, you're getting ready to, you know, pitch a big piece of business, even, you know, two months down the road, what should you be doing now to prepare for it? And as you get closer to that, you know, kind of that, that, date where you have to be on your a game how do you prepare for that so so there's yeah so there's that's almost what i call the the framework always working in the background it's very organic obviously because we're human and especially when we're we're leading people i always say it always comes down to the factor you know it depends right it all depends right um 
And another thing that I learned as an athlete and bring it over into the workspace is the importance of rest, Mm -hmm. rest and recovery. Again, it was real Western culture ingrained in us. You know, you should be able to, you know, be able to work 24 seven with, you know, maybe a couple of hours of sleep here and there. And it's, it's one of the most destructive things that we can do uh, to our individual performance, but even our organizational performance to work people, uh, into that, that state, right? Like we can all get passionate about our work, get caught up in it, but our body and our minds need that downtime to mm-hmm. recover. And that's something, again, if we look at high performing athletes, they, you know, they're, they're so focused on that individual sport, you know, they're so focused on the training, but they're just as diligent focusing on the recovery. And, you know, it's, that's nutrition, that's, you know, you know, different, you know, physiotherapy, massage therapy, but sleep, you know, I, I trained with Olympic level athletes. Um, I was at a swimming camp with them. This is going, going, you know, 10 plus years ago. And I was amazed how much they sleep, like literally sleep was kind of their, their, their wonder drug enabled them to train as hard as they did. So yeah, we, we can't underestimate that. And that's where really where we see the overlap about wellness that workplace wellness that's been around for again decades but it's it's more more important now than ever. I really want to come back to that um especially in the context of performance, right? So, you know, you and I both work, I work with a lot of organizations that are high performing, right? Focus on performance, they're driving you know, uh, this work ethic and uh reaching for high goals and how do we also embed within a high performance culture the need for recovery and rest, right? And we see this in so many different industries, the healthcare industry, for example, right? So great at caring for others and mm. go, 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 go. And yet that same care may not be applied to themselves or leaders may not applying it to themselves and to their team in, in allowing for that recovery time um, and rest time so that we can be at our best. So I'd like to come back to that because it's so important in our understanding and mindset around what performance really looks like and how we achieve it and shifting our awareness and, maybe even just redefining it for a lot of people, I think. Um, And when we think of performance, it also includes self-care, rest and recovery, and that they're not exclusive of one another. So let's come back to that in a bit. Thank you for raising that. Can we, I'd love to dive into, let's focus at the individual level now. So from your perspective, Paul, what does optimal performance look like at the individual level right now? In an ideal state, I'd say showing up every day to work literally at your best and beyond. Mm-hmm. So this, this is, we kind of get away from, you know, if we, we look at what we learn in athletics, you know, you know, to be at our optimal best, it's not always about happiness either, right? It's right. being able to stretch ourselves. So I'm working at optimal level that's going to enable me to take on a stretch assignment, maybe. So I'm rested. I, you know, got some skill set that I'm going to be able to, to build on, 
but I want to get it also into an area of discomfort and growth. Mm-hmm. So a lot, a lot of people will confuse, you know, the happiness science with, um, you know, maybe performance psychology or working a state of flow. Like you could be, you know, the state of flow is the optimal state to be in very hard to achieve, uh, you know, in, in a work setting that there we, and we can talk more about that because that is the ultimate state of flow. Um, but there has to always be a challenge, right. To perform at our optimal best. If there's no challenge, if there's no deadlines, um, if there's no sales to be made, you know, optimal performance is 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 gone, right? So well, it's interesting. Sorry to interrupt, Paul. It's nope, interesting because I was having a conversation earlier today um, with um, one of the winners of um, Canada's most admired cultures. And we were talking about, you know, what is keeping the CEO up at night is, and the board keeps asking them this question too, right? We're, we're, we are doing so well. We're at, we're operating on all cylinders. We have such a strong culture. We're reaching all of our targets and then some, and now there's a sense of, oh my gosh, there's no place to go but down, right? Where's, we need another challenge. What are we going to rally around? As an organization, where will our focus be, our stretch goals be, um, so that we're not just relying on the status quo, um, that we're actually stretching ourselves and creating some passion and energy for that next challenge or that ne- that next goal. So yeah. that's along the same lines of what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Be- because you know, when you you kind of say, "Hey, I've I've made it." as an organization or as an, I mean, we, we can my off countless number of organizations. That's when you, when you fall. Right. Right. And, and when we look at, you know, when we look at maybe a senior leadership table in that state, you know, where do you go next? Right. And this mm-hmm. is when we start to get into organizational performance and optimizing performance in the organization, tap into the people, you know, right. the people you're leading will tell you. They'll start to give you some insights. They'll start to shape new direction, like where, you know, it kind of is, you know, the the boots on the ground know they're performing well, but they'll always say, you know, here's a different direction to go. And so I I know we're going to talk about optimal performing organizations, Yeah. but they, they have a very fluid communication, you know, up, up and down the channel. And, And that's a lot of times that's what, you know, senior leaders need to know. What's going on out there? You know, is it yeah? A, is the, it a it's the spidey senses having your right your your yeah. finger on the pulse of the reality of what's what's going on, and so so you shared the ideal, right? Tap into a bit of what the reality is right now um, in organizations and how people are feeling and how how they're operating right now, given all of this disruption and overwhelm and change. It's um, so yeah. Ideal state of, of performance is state of flow. Neuroscience backs that up. Human performance science backs that up. With the challenges now, is stress, anxiety, uncertainty, burnout. Um, you know, there, there's a there's a there's a laundry list of, of things, right? Um, distraction is a big thing. So when we start to look at all those different elements, you know, achieving that optimal state of performance is next to impossible, right? Because we, we can't, we can't ever get to our, our personal best if we're constantly 
constantly stressed or anxious or, you know, we're, we're in a meeting, but our mind is somewhere else, right? Where's our focus? You know, we're distracted and it can be distractions from, you know, work related or, you know, we, we've got work and home life overlapping now. So maybe it's a young child that you are so concerned about their education now, you know, one year later, we're still doing virtual schooling. It's, it's starting to take a toll. So all those different elements of wellness, you know, start to creep to the surface that are pre- preventing us from being optimal performers at the individual level. And that just cascades throughout the organization. So then, so we've got, there are all these things stacked up against us right now, right? To, to be at our best. There's all yeah. these, you know, barriers or challenges or stress levels and distractions, man, the amount of distractions we have on a daily basis is, is unreal. And so given all that, you know, uh, is optimal performance uh, a state of mind and a choice? It, it is definitely, yeah, it's definitely a state of mind. It's it's being able to get there. And optimal performance, it's it's the mindset. It's also the, the environment that we're performing in, right? So if there's no environment to foster optimal performance, that will never happen. Like we could be so knowledgeable in mental health, um, stress and anxiety, you know, burnout, whatever time management, you know, that's, that's always been around for, for decades. Um, it, it doesn't matter if that environment is not inclusive enough to have that optimal performing uh, realms and dimensions to it, it, it won't happen. So I'll be curious to explore, we're going to take a break in a second, but I'll be curious to explore with you, Paul. So what is within if we're talking about optimal performance at the individual level, what's within our individual control? If we can't always control the environment within which we're working, there's a lot of change happening. How can we choose to care for self or choose to show up, choose to focus that will enable us to perform better regardless of what's coming at us and then look at how can leaders, you know, build the environment to, to support it. So let's, let's come back to that after break. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. One of the many things this past year made clear is that the world of work has been forever changed, and it is especially evident in the way leaders must now lead if they want the best from their people. At the Waterstone Culture Institute, we provide leaders with the tools and practices most essential to high-performing teams and cultures. Discover the three things the most effective leaders will do in 2021 with our free webinar. Visit waterstonehc.com slash culturewebinar and watch it today. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
The Lord Jesus Christ presents a doctrine through the Apostle Paul for us so that we might teach the word to others. Hear and interpret these words of wisdom each week on the radio program Why Paul? with hosts Michael and Michelle Mix and Pamela Lampton through their ministry, 14th Street Ministries. Michael, Michelle, and Pamela are dedicated to sharing these words with you so that you might pass it along to others. Listen every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned into Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. Discover more about Nicole and how the team at Waterstone Human Capital helps leaders to build high-performance teams and cultures at waterstonehc.com. Now, back to Leading on Purpose. All right, welcome back. Hey, before we dive into uh, the next segment here, check out Paul and his work at actusperformance.com. You can sign up for you know, check out his blog and, and find some of his resources there. So I really encourage you to do that. So Paul, before break, we started talking about the challenges that people are facing um, that can prevent them from really, uh, you know, optimizing their performance. So given everything we're experiencing right now with COVID that just really wants, you know, it's causing me, it's, it's very difficult for me not to just put my head in the sand and just try and ignore everything and put my head down and just get the work done as best I can. What is within our control to really tap into our, our best performance, regardless of what's being thrown at us or how our leaders are behaving or the culture, like what's really within our control? What can we do to perform at our best? And again, I, I always bring it back to it depends. So I'll, I'll run I'll run people through certain checks. So I'll get them to look at their environment. You know, what, what, what do they have absolutely no control over? What do they have influence over? And what do they have completely within their control? And, you know, there's, there's different ways we can go about that through different exercises, stuff like that. But going through that on its own is one thing, but it's also developing a sense of mindfulness. So if we look at, you know, you know, optimal performance, it really starts, uh, you know, in the head between the ears. We always used to say, you know, you know, as an athlete, we used to get that ground into us, you know, your, your high performance is all about, it starts between your ears. Um, so having some type of daily mindfulness practice is probably one of the most powerful things an individual can do. And it doesn't have to be elaborate. Um, it can be simply getting up an extra 15 minutes early and meditating. It could be doing something. For me, it's it's physical movement, right? So it's physical movement. It's running uh, in the trails, you know, just outside my door here in Toronto. And we were talking earlier about, you know, connecting with nature. So anytime you can do something physical and in nature, it actually strengthens that mindfulness and that awareness muscle. And you need that to be able to say, hey, this is what I can control. This is what I have influence over. And this is what I can say, you know, it, leave it alone. So what, once we start to kind of put those three blocks in place, it starts to reduce our anxiety, our stress level. When we start to take action about the things that we can do, 
it starts to elevate our energy level. It starts to elevate our motivation. It starts to change our insights because we start to see opportunities in a turbulent and uncertain world. And again, it's, it's, you know, these things are always easier said than done, but it takes some discipline, some practice in the beginning to do it, you know, but after six, eight months, and again, it doesn't necessarily even have to start off every day. It becomes second nature. So you're able to put yourself in a mindfulness state. Maybe it's on a quick break at lunch. Maybe you've only got 10 minutes in between meetings and responding to emails. Uh, but putting those little checkpoints in your day really will help improve the way you respond to things. Mm-hmm. And it's going to start to change the way people interact with you because they'll pick up on that, right? They will pick up on your your calmness. So they're either going to come to you for that calmness and that insight, or if they're so caught up, because some people do, get, they get caught up in the fight or flight because there's an adrenaline rush there. It's addictive, right? It's almost like a... Um, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, a, a drug we, we call it in human performance, the Superman syndrome. People always mm-hmm. need that type of go, go, go franticness where it doesn't lead to optimal performance. Um, so yeah, so starting small being consistent will start to, well, it's almost like you're starting to roll a ball and it just gets more and more momentum as it's going down, going down, going down and, and it will grow. So Absolutely. And, and, you know, what you focus on grows. I I always Mm. say this, right? What we focus on grows. And so if we focus on, I'm not saying ignore the stress. I'm not saying ignore the overwhelm or, um, but not only focus on that. If we can shift our focus to how can I feel better? How can I be more present? How can I practice some mindfulness? How can I respond in a different way that will help me feel better, will help other people respond differently to me? You know, what can I focus on that will bring different results for me in my stress levels, how I feel and for the work that I'm doing? And, you know, for me, I've had to be very intentional in um, taking back my time and taking yeah. control over my calendar. And so I block off chunks of time every day that is time for me to get focused, to if I need to do a breathing exercise to refocus, I'll do it during that time, or to do deep uninterrupted work. Because most of my day is spent moving like many, many people from one Zoom meeting to the next with no time to be present and go deep into the work um, and to reconnect to my purpose and to be creative and strategic in my thinking. And it took me a while to figure this out, but I thought, oh my gosh, I just need to block time out (laughs) off my calendar. And it has made the world of difference where I no longer feel, I feel far more productive as opposed to hectic and chaotic ending my day feeling I've accomplished nothing. Yeah. And that, that you, you, you've touched upon a few things there, but it's, it's that being chaotic and being caught up in the moment and not accomplishing anything is can be a bit of a downer, right? Mm-hmm. I thought I was doing this. And then you realize, not really. I've just been kind of d- 
doing the, the, the shuffle game. So yeah, that, um, good for you for, you know, in, integrating that into the day-to-day life. Um, and we have to be aware of it because again, guarding our calendar is much more important now than ever before, because it's mm-hmm. so easy to put in those extra hours when we are not commuting, when we're just, oh, just let me just check this or let me keep working as I get dinner going. Right. Um, and being aware, like being aware of the new stresses of working remotely, working for like for me personally, um, I was hit hard in October by screen fatigue and I didn't know what it was, but I was on a, I was a gain of certification. It was a five day certification, eight hours a day in front of a computer screen talking and I was done. Like I took me two days to recover and I couldn't understand why, because I'm fit, I'm healthy. Obviously I practice what I preach but it was something new. It was a different stress and I wasn't even aware of it till I started to unpack it. Yeah. So I had to let myself recover, then do some reflective thinking about what, what kind of threw me off my optimal performance. So, you know, then you come up with different strategies of, you know, something as simple as wearing blue blocker glasses has helped me mm-hmm. being able to pace myself, you know, with the different um, zoom calls versus having that away from screen working time, which I still do pen to paper. You know, if I had to write something out or get some thoughts before I send an email, I'll simply step away from my laptop, sit down, pen to paper. Yeah. And for me, it's, a, it's one of the ways I actually create things, uh, pen to paper, but it also gets me away and allows my mind and my physical, you know, eyes and stuff like that to, to realign, to perform better. Well, I love the reflective piece because that also, you know, I did an episode a little while ago about tapping into our intuition that we tend to ignore Mm. when we're super, super busy, right? We put our head down and we just don't listen to it. And so if we can get into the habit of pausing and checking in throughout the day, or even at the end of the week at the, you know, the very least, you know, and saying, you know, what felt really good this week and acknowledging that and recognizing your own individual accomplishments and patting yourself on the back and what felt good. And then what didn't feel so good. Right. Yeah. Um, And, you know, and then asking yourself, well, how, what can I do to change that? You know, how can I, how can I change that to a feeling good feeling? Um, What can I do next week? And it was that pause that I realized after, you know, feeling so stressed at the end of every day and end of every week and knowing that a few more hours, you know, were left ahead of me because I was in meetings all day long that I thought this just doesn't feel good. And it was just through that reflection that I thought, Oh, here's a simple answer. Um, But I could have just continued going in this crazy manner, if not for reflecting. So little things come to you in the moment when you pause um, and you give time to really listen and, and take action. So thank you for that. Um, I want to move on now just to the, you know, to the team level. Um, it's interesting because I did a session recently with a school board and it was on, it was a leadership session for leaders in how to, you know, lead high performing teams during very challenging times. And part of the conversation with these leaders was about creating time for connections, creating time for mindfulness, creating time to um, 
get to know each other on the team as human beings and not as human doings. Um, and recognizing that we have lives outside of our Zoom meetings and our work. Um, and a lot of the feedback initially was, well, I just, I don't have time. We only have, you know, one hour meetings or 30 minute meetings and we've got a lot to do. And so I think a lot of people are in that mindset of we've got so much on the go. We don't have time for this stuff. Um, and, but when it comes to optimizing performance at a team level, those connections and I'm, you know, uh, those connections, those time, that time together as a team in mindfulness, that time to reflect, the time to, you know, all the things you're talking about as an individual, I'm sure is just as important at the team level that requires priority. Absolutely. You, 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 you're, you're, you're right on the mark. And, and, and again, when, when we hear that feedback, I don't have time or we just don't have time for this. That's usually coming from somebody or some people that are still on that, that, that wheel, right? They're still got to go, 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 got to go, go, go. And then I think when you start to see, you know, accomplishments, quality of work, you can start to see the deterioration will happen sooner rather than later. Um, but, but you're right, you, you, you touch upon certain things about, you know, getting to know people beyond their job title, their, their role, connecting with people. Um, what we want to do is create an environment for optimal performance to happen. And again, there, there's lots of data around this, especially in the, the, the wellness field, that you need that environment to make these things come to life. So as, as leaders and as managers and managing leaders, um, you know, what, what, are, what are those things that you can start doing? And again, maybe it's not at the organizational level yet, but going back to what we were talking about earlier, like what's in my control as a manager that I can start to create a more optimal performing team? And maybe it is getting to know Nicole a little bit better, you know, beyond her, her nine to five world to understand, you know, these are her, you know, family responsibilities. This is what she has on the go. Um, this is where she wants to see her career progress to. So how can I, you know, maybe create or, you know, give, give some nudge or some direction of how you can still continue that path when we're all working remotely and, and virtually. Um, so, so again, it, it does take effort. I, I think one of the biggest challenges that we face is going back to that cultural mentality of just work just work, right? Work yeah. harder, work longer. Just be busy. Be busy. Just be busy. You got to keep working, right? If if you're not getting your work done in eight hours, then you got to work 10-hour days. And yeah. if that's not happening, it's 12-hour days. Um, so it's, it's so I, I call it, it's, it's part of that Western culture conditioning that we really have to start to, to unpack. And we're, and we're starting to do it. We were starting to do it before COVID, but now we really have to to ramp that up because COVID's given us a whole other set of challenges and stresses on top of what we're already dealing with. Um, so, so yeah, and look for those leaders, you know, the, the, what I would call those grassroots leaders as the individual contributors in those teams that get it, support them, get them doing what they already know, maybe that they want to do, give them the space to do that. And then others will follow because it's that it's almost out positive emotional contagions people will see oh wow you know nicole is doing so well now she's very positive upbeat you know she's taking better care of herself like let's gravitate find out what she's doing 
to help you know deal with all the, the challenges and 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 trials of working remotely during during a pandemic right working remotely is well, that's enough during the pandemic we've elevated the bar beyond what we could have ever imagined and we, no one was prepared for it no, how, do no we, one. how do we adapt and you know i ran a workshop around the opportunities of change and challenge and that's really some of the skills that we've talked about here today it's like where where are those where where are those opportunities because they're they're there they're all, always there so i want to take elevate this up just a step so when you're working with teams paul when you go on in to an organization what are you looking for as far as indicators at the team level that tell you this team is performing at its best or not? What are you looking there, for? There, there's different things. So I could be looking at the, the quantitative metrics, you know, em, employee experience results, uh, turnover. Um, if I get the chance to have one-on-ones, you know, meetings with, with people and I want to get a sense of, you know, overall happiness job satisfaction, um, but again, going beyond just the nine to five world. And I was doing this before COVID to understand, you know, what, what really makes this person tick. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's different touch points that will start to construct that snapshot of really how this team um, is performing. And obviously, and we've talked about this before, you know, team assessments is another great tool, right? Like just a quick snapshot of how this team is performing, maybe, right at this this moment and look at those look at those you know two to two to three key areas that when addressed will have a big cascading effect so you know we call it the ripple effect in in human performance sometimes you know we're talking about being mindful sometimes when you just master that one skill it's going to have a positive impact right across the board so we don't have to try to resolve everything all at once it's just being well, that's it, right? Find yeah. one thing, right? Yeah. So what's the one thing, you know, as a leader, when you're thinking about your team, what's one thing that if your team committed to or did differently or started doing that would make a huge difference to how they function and perform as a team? Just one thing. Ask your team what that one thing might be and just see what comes and choose that one thing as a team to commit to, right? It doesn't have to be all of these many things we have to do at once. It's being fanatically focused on that one thing that will bring the biggest difference for us over time. And you're not going to see something overnight necessarily, right? It's no, over no, no, time. That yeah, yeah, you never, never will. And it's really, it's really being able to create that positive momentum forward. And it's exactly. all about that one thing. Master that and move forward from there. Master that and move forward. I love it. Hold on tight. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Stay tuned. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. One of the many things this past year made clear is that the world of work has been forever changed, and it is especially evident in the way leaders must now lead if they want the best from their people. At the Waterstone Culture Institute, we provide leaders with the tools and practices most essential to high-performing teams and cultures. Discover the three things the most effective leaders will do in 2021 with our free webinar, 
Visit waterstonehc.com slash culturewebinar and watch it today. Things Worth Considering, featuring host Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis, is a program that's all about connections. The connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourself, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore who we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. The White House Doctor Makes House Calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. Discover more about Nicole and how the team at Waterstone Human Capital helps leaders to build high-performance teams and cultures at WaterstoneHC.com. Now, back to Leading on Purpose. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. So before we jump in, I want to direct you to a couple of resources that you might find helpful uh, with your teams. So um, if you go to waterstonehc forward slash culture webinar, you can get free access to an on-demand webinar where I'm walking you through, you know, the three things the best leaders will do in 2021 based on our learnings from COVID in this past year. And a lot of that will give you tools to add to this learning, this conversation that we're having right now. So I encourage you to go there. Also, since we're talking about teams and Paul mentioned team assessment, check out teamfitnesstool.com. You'll be able to grab a quick assessment from that site to be able to assess your team against, or actually your team will assess themselves, which is even better, against those behaviors and practices that are proven to differentiate high performance, optimal teams from the rest so that you can then hone in on what are your team strengths and what's one thing you can do even better to improve performance over the next few months. So so check that out at teamfitnesstool.com. Okay, so Paul, let's come back to focusing on optimal performance at the team level. What can teams start to do right now, right, to work as an optimal performance team? Well, I mean, I'm just going to pick up on what you just said. It's it's team fitness. I, 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 I love that. That's really what we're talking about here, right? Is this team fit enough to perform at their optimal best. So when we look at workplace fitness, obviously we're, 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 we're not just looking at, you know, you know, strength or endurance things, but that team fitness is, is very, very uh, diverse and, and very overlapping. But um, you, you mentioned before the break is understand what people or people in your team, what are they motivated by, right? 
I, I often find that, you know, once, you know, a manager gets a sense, you know, they don't have to necessarily have all the answers, but have a sense of what are the motives and values of the, the people that they're, they're leading? You know, somebody might just want to become an in-depth subject matter expert. Another person might want to, you know, climb the corporate chain. Maybe somebody is, you know, has something else going on outside of work. Maybe it's a young family. Maybe, maybe they do have a side hustle. I see that um, more and more now working with millennials. It's just, you know, they've got a side gig that they're just as passionate about. So understanding what motivates them, what keeps them ticking and, you know, to, to our best to accommodate and, and help uh, grow them. But also as a manager, and a, a team lead, don't always take it on for, to yourself and mm-hmm. bring the team together to support each other, to get people to learn about people. I always say get, get to know people beyond their job title and their duties. It's the iceberg analogy, right? We only know the tip of the iceberg and we, it's, it's pretty, pretty common, you know, even if we think we know them beyond kind of their, that day-to-day role, um, there's a lot more going on there. So when people feel understood, respected, and supported, um, that's going to change uh, the way a team performs. So when you do have those times when you do have to, you know, be stretched, maybe it is, you know, crunch time and you're, you are putting longer days than normal, um, you've kind of put fuel in that tank to get you through that. And taking that pause after once that time is done to reflectively think and recognize what you accomplished. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're getting, you know, all, all the ticks in every box. Maybe it was a failure or setback, but what did you learn and how did you grow? I love that. And, and, you know, these things also don't have to take a lot of time, right? So, you know, I, I did another session last week where we started off the session with just small breakouts where in threes and they just answered the question, you know, what made you smile last week? Mm. Right. And it doesn't have to be about work. It can be about anything. And even just a simple question around what made you smile can give the space for people to talk about their lives outside of work. It builds connection, builds understanding, right? You can take just a couple of minutes at the beginning of a meeting and have everybody share what made them smile last week or what was your high or low today or yesterday, right? Just getting in the habit of asking different kinds of questions in your team meetings and in your one-to-ones, right? To build those understandings as, as people outside of our roles, outside of our work and connections. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, again, it's small, but over time it will have, you know, big impact on that. Huge impact. You're right. Absolutely. So, and we're all in this together, right? It's not just the responsibility of the leader. The leader sets the tone um, and, and certainly role model self-care. So before we move on to the organizational level, Paul, do you have any tips for leaders to, to help be more conscious of what their role modeling for their team members, as far as what optimal performance really is and how to, how to achieve it? Like how should the leader be role modeling and showing up? Yeah, you know, and we, we talked about this in the last uh, podcast, and, and I can't remember 
you know, who came up with the quote, but in the world of leadership development, we talk about, you know, leaders bring the weather. Right. You right? said that. You so, brought that yeah, up. Yeah. And, and I, again, I, I, you know, for the audience, I'm not taking credit for it. It's not a, it's <laughs> take not the a credit, problem. Paul. It's, take the credit. It's, it's all good. It. But again, you know, me being a visual person, that, that makes sense. So as, as, a, as leaders and organizations, you know, how are we showing up, right? Are we being open and authentic in our day-to-day communication or are we kind of towing, you know, the corporate line when we're talking to people? Because people pick up on that. As, as a leader, um, you know, whether you're a manager, first-time manager, or you're a seasoned executive, there's eyes are always on you. So people are going to pick up on that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the higher you are in an organization, if it's a big organization, the more eyes are going to be on you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So if, if we're talking about creating an optimal performing uh, workspace, what are we doing individually? Because people will want to know that. But how are you starting to create that organization? What, what, what are the expectations you are giving to your leadership team, your senior leadership team now, of the way we want, you know, um, you know, Nicole's company t- to be run. You know, we're, we're not losing sight of, you know, business goals and objectives and where we want to go. That's how we're getting there. And that, that's mm-hmm. a very distinct uh, perspective. You know, for the longest time, we never looked at how we achieved goals. It was, you know, we do this and we get there at any cost. Right. Know, high employee turnover, anything like that, right? It's it. Those metrics weren't, uh, relevant and unfortunately, um, it took a business model and a business case to show that that was you know detrimental to organizations' bottom lines. Now I think it's it's evolved from there, and people are seeing you know just the challenges you know senior leaders are even having. I think you know mental health. Mm-hmm. I think when you start to see senior leaders and organizations talk about mental health you know, is a challenge. It starts to cascade across the organization. How do you have those conversations? Where, you know, where where do we see those uh, conversations going? But creating a culture that cares and is becoming, it wants to become more insightful around optimal performance. I, I mean, I even look at um, inclusion and diversity, right? There's Absolutely. so much data out there that show the most diverse teams are the most, you know, and the literature goes back to they're the most high-performing teams. But how do we create them? How do we leverage those skills? And how do we make that, you know, part of our cultural norm? And that that's one of the biggest challenges uh, that we have, you know, in 2021. It's always been there, but that was a blessing of COVID. It brought Absolutely. it to the surface, right? Brought it to the surface. So, And um, not just COVID, but just, you know, all of uh, so many events, uh, yeah. you know, uh, in our, in our society, um, yeah. that really helped bring it to, to the surface tragic that they were sparking the right kind of dialogue. Um, so let's shift just quickly, um, to organizational performance, right at the organizational level. So, you know, what are organizations doing now to improve, you know, to focus on human performance, optimal performance? You know, I, I see it in different areas. So around talent management, um, you know, a few years ago, we saw organizations move away from that traditional six-month, 12-month review around performance to having more frequent conversations to having coaching conversations, mm-hmm. right? So how do we change the dialogue around our day-to-day work? We'll put on that coaching hat, right? And coaching is about building up skills, 
confidence, motivation, and also giving people the opportunity to develop in certain areas. Um, so we, we've seen that, that those structural things, you know, starting slowly starting to, to come into place. I mean, obviously, if we look at some of the newer, newer organizations, companies out there, such as the Googles, they're way down that road as opposed to maybe a more traditional P&G group or a traditional FI. Um, so we're starting to see that. And from the wellness side, you know, there's a lot more conversation around workplace wellness. And that's, yes. been, that's been magnified over, you know, the last year. So what does that mean to, you know, optimal human performance in the workplace? It means everything. Because without the wellness, you know, nothing, nothing's going to happen and nothing's going to be sustainable over the long period of time. So taking on those bigger initiatives at the organizational level has really helped. Um, and again, something, it doesn't sound like much, but bringing HR on to the senior leadership team is a strategic partner as opposed to a service provider for big organizations. Mm-hmm. That had a big impact too on just the way, how do we you know, look at people beyond, you know, just, you know, headcounts. Right. Cogs so, in the wheel. And, cogs yeah. in the wheel. Yeah, absolutely. I need X number of people to do this. You know, what's the cost going to be? You know, what are the benefits? You know, what's vacation and, and you know, sick days looking like type of thing. So it's, it's really, you know, organizations and they're all over the map of where they're on the spectrum looking at the human performance of how things are done as opposed to here's a business plan. Here's, you know, where we have to go. Let's go do it. Right. Cause maybe it's just, you know, solely Absolutely. focus on a board of directors or, or shareholders, you know, who do you, who, who do you have to please? And, and we, we are getting there. I mean, if you look at OD evolution over the decades, let's, it's happening, but it's now it's happening, happening fa- fast. Yes, it, it was fast. already happening, but now it brought it, you know, yeah. it, it took it up a, a notch. So what's your hope? What's your hope or wish for our listeners? What do you what do you hope for them at the end of this, you know, our conversation? You know, I, it, it goes back to, I, I, to the sporting world. Steve Prefontaine, you know, one of the most famous uh, runners, you know, in the early 70s, he was killed tragically. But he, he always said, you know, to, um, you know, to, to, you know, when you sacrifice your gift, you're really giving away a lot of yourself. So it's really being in tune to what it is that you have to offer, being true to yourself. So at the individual level, how do you show up every day? to bring your, your whole self into, you know, to that team and to that organization. And to, to your point, uh, we talked about earlier, recognizing, you know, those wins, so those things that make you, make you light up. So get out of our heads, right? Get out of our heads and listen to our bodies, right? What makes us feel expanded. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. What expands us yeah. versus contracts, right? What puts us into a mode where we feel good, and we're able to thrive versus survive. So thank you so much, Paul, as always. Thank love you for talking me. with you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Please feel free to connect with me. Reach out to me on LinkedIn at Nicole Bendeley or follow me on Twitter. Would love to keep the conversation going. So feel free to reach out and ask me any questions you might have on how to tap into the best of yourself and those you lead. Until next time, take good care.
Thank you for joining us this week. Please tune in again for another edition of Leading on Purpose with your host, Nicole Bendeley, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a wonderful week.